It's okay, honey. <laughs> We're using Blue River now. <laughs> well, how is that okay, Pat? How? Because we fed that old garbage to our dog, Pat, you know? It I know. Are you are you about to cry right now? Um, maybe. I don't know. It's it, 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 it's okay. We we switch brands. It's not okay, Pat. Like, they think I'm dumb. No, they don't think we're dumb. They just think we don't care as much as we do. Oh, please. Give me a break, big name dog food. This SNL parody of a popular natural dog food brand really isn't too far from the day-to-day -day discussions of people in the pet healthcare industry. We all want what's best for our pets, and companies that market pet products oftentimes use this fear of being a bad pet parent to take advantage of people. Where does Woo overlap nutrition in the pet food industry? That's today on What the Woo. Hi, I'm Dr. V. And I'm Dr. A. Two doctors on a mission to answer your burning questions about burning sensations and all things science. This is What the Woo. So we were talking last time about how the source of so many pharmaceuticals was found out in nature, right? When I went to um, Peru for the first time, or the only time, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to go back though, we actually went into the rainforest and saw, you know, the origin of, of all these different, different drugs. And so it's interesting and challenging for me when people come in and they want to give their dog um turmeric yeah <laughs> okay so i mean i've heard that there actually is some research stating that it has some anti-inflammatory properties or no uh, but i haven't literally read the research well uh, yeah i <laughs> i don't think anybody has <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the problem yeah but it's i have a difficult time discussing with somebody or trying to convince them why they should use this medication where I know with high certainty the exact right dose um, that, that we should be using in order to get the intended effect where they want to use sort of this all natural alternative. And it's the same problem that we're having with, with cannabis. Like I don't really know how to give you advice on, on how to use any of those things because there's so much variation. I mean, you're going to go to sprouts and get a turmeric root and turn it into paste. Like, okay, but I, it's hard for me because that's not something that we did learn about. I'm not saying that it's, it's not um, possible that those things help, but we just have no way to to verify it. Well, I think, um, you know, what the average human doesn't understand is that we spend a lot of time in preclinical studies determining what the LD50 is of something. Yeah. LD is literally lethal dose 50. So lethal dose of X compound that will cause death yeah. of 50% of the population. It's super morbid. But we need to know that shit, right? So that then we can decide what a proper safe dose is and we can keep people, you know, appropriately away from lethal doses. I don't think we know that information for things like turmeric or, you know, uh, cannabis um, because we just don't have enough research. With regard to the cannabis, you know, maybe we can discuss that on a different episode because there is a little bit of research coming out yeah. that they have published about some stuff. So, 
we can discuss that in the future. But the point is, is that we don't know what lethal doses are. So how are you supposed to advise someone on what safe doses are? Yeah, I mean, you just don't know what what the doses are at all. And so it's interesting to me when people say, I've done my research. No. What does that mean? (laughs) You Googled some shit? Yeah. That's literally what it means. Yeah. So I was um, looking at a website of this person who, you know, sort of labels themselves as an expert in pet nutrition. And they're not. Because to me, an expert in pet nutrition is a diploma of the American College of Veterinary Nutritionists or somebody with a PhD in animal nutrition. They're experts. They know way more than me. You know, so I go to them. Not just some lady who's making some raw food in her kitchen for her dog and the dog's coat looks prettier now. Well, you know, it's it's interesting and we'll have to see what sort of comes out of this. So for a really, really long time, there's been this trend towards grain-free food in dogs. And it's it's a trend that's followed the human trend, right? Like carbs are bad now. It used to be fat, now carbs are bad. So everybody's saying, oh, these grains are inflammatory. and blah, blah, blah. So everybody has grain-free foods coming out. And we are just now starting to see in horrifying numbers, a large number of dogs on those diets who are developing significant heart disease because they don't have enough taurine. Now, we have no idea what's going on yet. This is all still in its infancy, but it just sort of is demonstrative of the fact that when you follow these trends blindly without thinking about the consequences, either you just don't know what you're going to get versus... And when you jump species... Yeah, I think like, that's the other thing is I think what you had talked about before that you can't just jump species and expect things that are safe in humans or better in humans are going to be just as well received in dogs. Yeah. And so, there, I mean, there is so much, I, I swear, when you talk about natural as a religion, the dog feeding is, is another thing. And the, the people who are like the, the most adamant about natural feeding their dogs, like the they've got a McDonald's bag in the back of their car. Like they're fine right. for themselves, but their dog, like only all natural rabbit feet. I mean, for them. and we can really go down a path of psychological analysis here on those pet owners, because I mean, if you really dig deep, there's a lot of control issues there. <laughs> um, like orthorexia for your dog. Yeah. And you know, that's the sad thing, right? Is like, Let's stop trying to control things because you don't have control in your own life. Like, how about let's just try to, like, be good pet owners or good humans and, like, not go wacky about every freaking trend. You know, I had someone over at our house the other day who mentioned this whole, like, grain-free diet. And I, so I mentioned, oh, well, my friend... Um, Dr. V and my other friend, who's also a veterinarian, we were talking the other day over wine and uh, we were talking about all the research about the grain-free diets in dogs and, and, you know, how they're seeing, uh, you know, heart disease now in species that didn't have heart disease before. And she's like, oh, I saw that. They're thinking it's due to the peas in the dogs, right? I'm like, in the dog's food. I was like, no. That, no, it has nothing to do with the fact that there's peas in the well, food. Well, you know, again, correlation doesn't equal causation. And yeah. so these 
the peas are in there because they are a carbohydrate substitute, a, a grain substitute. And so we don't really know if the peas absorb taurine in a way that it doesn't, you know, it, it's not taken up by the, we, we don't know. All we know is that there is a very, very strong correlation right now between certain diets. And so, you know, I don't want to point the fingers and say, you know, peas are bad, death to peas, because that's what we did with corn before. Like peas and corn are probably not issues in general. But this is the part where I, I sort of like want to bang my head into a wall because now that we know this is happening, like I would do anything to keep my golden puppy from getting dilated cardiomyopathy. It's terrible. And so I know for a fact that these diets that that have been out there and have been tested for, for decades will not kill my pet. And and people still don't care. Or they'll say yeah. something like, oh, this is, you know, this is all hype. We don't really have any information out there. Like they're they're perfectly willing to write off a veterinary cardiologist from UC Davis who's sounding the alarm on this issue, and yet they'll completely believe, you know, some nutrition blogger's website who sourced information from an Ayurvedic, you know, veterinarian right. <laughs> overseas about turmeric. Like because big pet food. Big pet that's right. Big kibble. Yes. You know, big pharma, big pet food. Like, no, I'm sorry. The reason why these big organizations do have money or have been successful is because they put in the hard work and they've done the research and they've shown, you know, safety on these things. I don't think we need to just write them off because they're a large successful organization. Right. And yet uh, the irony to me is there's all these little boutique pet food companies popping up right now, right? And so they've got the marketing all there. Like they'll put a wolf on the cover of their bag, even though- Because your dog is like a wolf. Yeah, your dog is a wolf. No, no, it's not. There should not be a wolf on the cover of the food unless the food is made of wolves or is for wolves. For wolves, because you have a wolf in your backyard that you're feeding. Yeah, I mean, we they diverged evolutionarily like 17,000 years ago. So I, I mean, I think you can make an argument that they're not not the same species. And yet they, they market this diet. And so people go, ooh, it's got it checks all the right boxes, which is it's, just psychological yeah, manipulation. It's, it's natural. It's great. This makes me a good person. And yet those diets tend to be so much more problematic because they don't have the rigorous quality assurance. They haven't put the, the time in to to test and they don't have a nutritionist on staff. And, and they, those are the ones that, that you should be PO'd about. Right. They're manipulating you. Um, you should also be PO'd that they're actually getting shit tons more money yeah. than Big Kibble because they didn't have to hire a nutritionist. They didn't have to do the research to make sure that the food was safe. You know, they're they're not playing that game. And they're charging more because they've psychologically manipulated you into thinking that if you pay more, it's a better product. Like, you should be pissed at being psycholi- psychologically right. manipulated constantly. Oh, God. Have you seen it's an ad for a company um, that says, do you know what's in your dog's food? 
And the woman on the left, she reads the ingredients and she's like, la, 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 chicken and, you know, rice and this is so nice. And the other woman is reading ingredients for like preservative or corn gluten meal or whatever. Words that have more than two syllables, so they must be bad. Are they saying meal or byproducts or, or, you know, these Mm -hmm. things that have been nailed as as bad buzzwords. Right. Um, And and it's just, it's so manipulative, right? Because they're basically implying if you feed this other thing, you are bad. And if you if you actually love your dog, you're going to make sure that the first ingredient is is chicken. It's just that's not how it works. Well, and also like, you know, they they say preservatives are bad. I'm sorry. Maybe preservatives <laughs> aren't bad because they're keeping the food from rotting in the bag in my laundry room yeah. while it takes, you know, it takes my dog a couple months before he gets through a bag. If it doesn't have preservatives, it's going to... It's going to rot. Yeah, yeah, rot. Cause sickness. Preservatives aren't bad things. Yeah. So you're the conversation that, that I have with people and... At the end of the day, it all comes from a place of love, right? You want to do right by your pet. And so if it's important to you to to cook for your pet, because that's how you want to demonstrate that, that you love them, just make sure, again, talking about where you source your information. There are board-certified veterinary nutritionists out there, they're online, who will work with you and create a diet that you can cook at home and give you a recipe and something that's going to be balanced. It's like 90% of the diets that you find online are not balanced. And when I see people online posting, oh, my Instant Pot recipe is um, beef liver and and rice, and it's completely missing vitamin sources, you know, and their dog's going to have rickets, um, you know, a couple years down the line. And then what do they do when they go to the natural pet community? They say, oh, oh, well, it's because you fed kibble when the dog was a puppy. They blame it on that. Right. Hey, oh, my God, you can't win. It's not your shitty homegrown <laughs> diet that's been killing your dog the last couple of years. Man, and, and the other thing is, you know, it, it just, it also not only demonizes the, the pet food industry, it, it, it demonizes the people who choose to, to feed kibble like they're, they're bad owners. And that just drives me crazy, well, too. And then, you know... It breaks my heart when, okay, you're feeding kibble. Kibble's not bad. And your dog gets something terrible because you know what? Dogs are living beings just like humans are. And sometimes they lose the genetic lottery. Like, yeah, it is not because you were a bad owner and didn't give your dog the you know, the food with a wolf on the side or the fil- the raw food that has to be refrigerated, you know? Right. It's because sometimes bad things happen to living beings. Well, and a lot of bad things happen to dogs because they've basically been the subject of eugenics yes. um, for the entire history of, <laughs> of dogdom, right? They're selectively bred for good characteristics and, and they bring the bad characteristics along with them. I'm like, I love golden retrievers. And they have like somewhere between a 25 to 50% incidence of, of cancer. Mm-hmm. And it, when somebody comes to me and, you know, I did in-home hospice euthanasia for several years, th- this is the worst part. And this is what makes me not just sad, but angry, angry at this conversation. Their dog is dying of cancer and we don't know why, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know 
what trigger? Was it a genetic? Was it a combination of factors? Um, some sort of exposure, just bad luck that caused that one cell to mutate to cause this tumor and, and the pet is dying and the person is blaming themselves. Like instead of spending this time with their pet, just being with them, their last moments are, are them racked with guilt. And that makes me mad. It does. I mean, we see it in the human side too, right? And it's heartbreaking that instead of being in the moment and embracing the fact that yes, this being is dying and it is tragic, but let's be in the moment. Instead, they're, you know, scrambling to find out who did this to them or what did this to them. Like you can't change where they're at right now. Right. So let's just like be there and make the last moments as beautiful as they can be or yep. stress-free as they can be. Don't forget to subscribe to our WooCast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly on our website at whatthewoopodcast.com. You can email us at contact at whatthewoopodcast.com or go to our website and fill out the contact form there. We'd love to hear from you. What the Woo is an educational podcast and is not a substitute for professional care and advice. Please seek appropriate medical care for any health care concerns. Opinions expressed are solely those of the doctors and not those of any sponsors or employers. Thanks for listening. See you next time on What the Woo.